Hey there, I'm Sarah K. Hoffman, a holistic health coach and chief gutsy of a gutsygirl.com. I went from bloated, gassy, and infertile to living my best life with a strong microbiome and a very full house. On this show, no topic is too stinky to discuss and everything can be broken down into practical, digestible takeaways. So grab a cup of bone broth, veggie broth, or a soothing golden latte if you prefer, and come along as I show you how the number two might just be your new number one. Hello, thank you for joining me for episode 50 of the A Gutsy Girl podcast. I am Sarah K. Hoffman, aka A Gutsy Girl, your host for this show, author of The Leaky Gut Meal Plan and A Gutsy Girl's Bible, a 21-day approach to healing the gut, creator of the digital course, Gut Healing for Beginners, and last but certainly not least, Chief Gutsy over at agutsygirl.com. On today's episode, I'm sharing another Gutsy Girl story on how I healed this. My guest today comes from both the patient and now practitioner side. My favorite parts of the episode include, number one, when she shares why she decided not to cut out her large intestine, and then number two, her emphasis on how it was the things outside of her diagnosis and diet that ultimately saw her to the other side and healed. I never realized why I spent so much time on the lifestyle elements in gut healing for beginners until post-conversation with today's guest. I swear by it. And I need you to know that when I said too many supplements and not enough action during the episode, I meant it. With that, I wanted to be sure to remind you that when you use the code podcast at checkout, you can save 20% off anything and everything from a gutsygirl.com. This includes the beginner's course, which I cannot recommend enough. It is a life-changing course that gives you all the goods and you'll find on my website under the tab, Heal Your Gut. Now, here is more on today's guest. Rachel Shear is a functional medicine nutritionist who received her degree from Baylor University in nutrition science and dietetics and became certified in functional medicine through the Kalish Institute. Rachel's journey as a nutritionist began in bodybuilding and athletic performance. However, a couple years into her practice, she began to suffer from severe gastrointestinal dysfunction. After many false diagnoses, spending thousands of dollars on doctor visits and tests, and one doctor even suggesting the removal of her entire large intestine, Rachel decided to take her health into her own hands by taking a gut-centric approach to her healing. By learning how to heal instead of just deal, Rachel was able to avoid having her entire large intestine removed, come off of the dozens of medications she was put on over the years, and regain full function of her gut. Rachel has a virtual private practice with a team of registered dietitians where she now specializes in addressing the root cause of chronic health conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, autoimmunity, and weight loss resistance. Rachel is passionate not just about healing and gut health, but also creating a life of abundance where she believes you truly can have it all. You can follow Rachel on Instagram at Rachel Shear and 
Rachel Shear Nutrition, and check out her website at www.rachelshear.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the A Gutsy Girl podcast, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on here today, Sarah. It's an honor. Yes, it's an honor that you are on my show as well. I apologize because it's quite early for you out on the West Coast. And I feel like, well, I know I've already been up for five hours. So (laughs) I've pretty much got my groove already going on for the day. So thank you for doing this so early your time. Rachel, if you just want to get us started and let my audience know about yourself, who you are, what you do, just kind of your current life today. Thank you again. And my name is Rachel, and I actually have my degree in nutrition science and dietetics. I come from the bodybuilding world, the fitness industry. That was always my initial passion for anybody who's been into fitness for most of their life. I think we can attest to the fact that fitness is really just a big part of our therapy (laughs) throughout our entire life. For me, when I went off to college for nutrition and dietetics, I really wanted to get into athletic performance. I come from a background being a gymnast and a dancer. I know we'll get into it, but a little bit into that, I ended up with a lot of my own health issues, specifically gut issues my gut issues were so, so severe that I actually was told I needed to have my entire large intestine removed. That was actually one of the worst but greatest things that ever happened to me because it actually forced me to learn so much about the human body and really the role that our gut plays in every system in our entire body. It was through my own healing journey that I just became obsessed, just like you, with learning everything that I could about the gut and the gut microbiome and how these microbes in our gut just control everything. So I started to learn so much more about the power of our gut. And through that, I became certified in functional medicine through the Kalish Institute. And my practice that I had actually started more on the athletic side weight loss, muscle building, bodybuilding even, then transferred to be more into functional medicine. And I now have a team of registered dietitians. We have about five of us. We started with a brick and mortar practice in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but right now we are fully virtual so we can help more people. And really, I'm just on a mission to help people get to the root cause of their health concerns, specifically gut issues, because most health issues that people are dealing with can be fixed when we do heal the gut. So I'm passionate about everything, root cause, healing the gut, and just overall healing our entire body. Yes. And you are speaking my language. You are speaking the language of probably 98% of the people listening to this show. So I am really excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for just kind of catching us up to what you do today and where you're at. You obviously have a lot of educational experience and wisdom that you can bring to this conversation, but you also have been on the patient side as you have explained. And so I've done these shows, they're called How I Healed This. And I like to be able to offer to the community different ways and ideas and paths and thoughts that people have and had along their journey. 
And so before we talk about some of the more practical things maybe that you use in your practice today, I want to talk about your own personal journey and what that looked like, things you did, things you tried, things you were told, and all of it. So if you could just start from the beginning of your story, let us know when did you get sick? How did you know you were sick? Like what were the some of the initial symptoms that you had? Kind of going way, way, way back to the beginning. Um, one thing you should know about me is I am the perfectionist type. I am type A. When I do something, I do it to the extreme, almost to a fault. And I also think it's not a coincidence that that's a lot of the clients that I do now work with myself. And a lot of those type of women who develop gut issues, autoimmune conditions, because our mind, the pressure, trauma, perfectionism plays such a big role in not only our gut, but also our ability to heal. So way, way, way back when I got into fitness, this was my escape, right? I come from a good amount of trauma actually in my life. My parents were very, very absent so the only attention I really, really got was when I was achieving in gymnastics and dance. This could be in academics as well too. So for me, it was like, okay, in order to be loved and to be worthy, I need to be achieving. I need to be pushing. And of course, this is what wasn't the exact thought process that I had as a kid, but it's really just how it showed up. In my life and the realization I have now really, really makes sense. So I got into gymnastics, dance. When I went off to college and I wanted to study dietetics, it was really coming from a place of how can I be the best version of myself, achieve the most, which there's that beautiful side of that, right? And I think for many high achievers, they can attest to it. It's actually served them in so many different ways. But it's really important to pay attention to the fruits in our life. So for me, at the beginning, I was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. I'm seeing what I'm truly capable of. But as I continued to push, 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 and continue to drive more and more and more, this is when I really started to experience rotten fruits in my life. And after I graduated Baylor with nutrition and dietetics, that's when I got into bodybuilding more on the extreme side. So it started off as a very healthy venture. Just, I want to see what I'm capable of. I want to lose fat. I want to build muscle. I want to have that confidence in myself, which I think is where a lot of us start from. It's a very, very healthy confidence building venture that we go on. But about three years into competing and maintaining a very low percent body fat, the mental stress of it all, the physical stress, of course, too, right? With overtraining, staying in a really, really low calorie deficit was when I started to experience a lot of these gut issues. And I had a lot of different health issues, right? I had, you know, my hair loss started to happen. My skin was a wreck with acne, but the most debilitating symptoms I really started to develop was the chronic bloating, the constipation. I could no longer eat anything without being in massive, massive pain. You know, I remember at that time in my life, like looking at myself and being like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm a dietitian, I'm a, doing fitness modeling, bodybuilding. Like, from the outside, I was like, I am the epitome of health. Why is this happening to me? This doesn't make any sense, right? We're just like so caught up in everything that we're doing. So I did what most people do. I went to 
a bunch of different doctors. I went the normal Western medicine route. I went to a gastroenterologist and they're like, okay, let's do some different scans, some procedures, some blood work. So I did, you know, the whole colonoscopy, endoscopy, CT scan, MRI, and nothing. They're like, everything is working perfectly. You are, you know, the picture of perfect health. And I'm like, okay, um, well, I can no longer really use the restroom at all. I look like I'm six months pregnant at the end of every single day and my hair is falling out. My skin is erect. So there's something that is definitely off in my body. So they slapped a label on me of IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and sent me on my way and gave me a bunch of medications. So I was given a laxative, a prescription-based laxative so I could use the restroom, which just only made like the bloating and everything that much worse. And uh, I actually ended up getting to the point where in order to use the restroom at all, I had to do an enema to just release my bowels every single day. So I'm just completely miserable at this point, but my very determined spirit is like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to figure out what's going on. So I went to all the different doctors and specialists. I feel like there even was an endocrinologist. I even went to the Mayo Clinic at one point because I was just like, I am going to get to the root cause of this. They did this whole thing where they put like the balloon in your butt. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but they expand it to kind of see like, hey, is there something that is wrong with your body sensitivity to evacuating and emptying your bowels completely? Again, everything came back relatively normal. However, I did have some low thyroid happening My hormones were pretty low as well, which makes sense when you're at a really low percent body fat and your body's energy intake has been lowered for an extended period of time. So I go back to Dallas now after the Mayo Clinic feeling even more defeated. No answers. I'm not on an antidepressant for my mood. I'm on prescription-based laxatives that I don't want to take, but I have to take uh, because I'm not able to use the restroom. I was put on some medication for my skin and uh, I'm just sitting there like, how is this fixing anything at all? It wasn't, right? It was just a band-aid to address all of these symptoms that I was experiencing. My gastroenterologist then sent me to a colorectal surgeon, which is where they told me they wanted to remove my entire large intestine. Can I ask you a question quick? Yes. So. I'm just so confused because they're telling you over and over and over, there's nothing wrong. Everything looks fine. Maybe have some low hormones or some basic numbers seem a little bit low. But up until this point, no one had really said anything major going on with your intestines. And now they're going to try to tell you that you need to remove your large intestine. The physical structure of my large intestine looked normal, right? The colonoscopies, the endoscopy, the CT scans, the MRI. But one of their theories was, is I had a just sluggish colon, right? They called this like a a floppy colon. The physician said that this may be something that I've had my entire life. And this actually wasn't any of the physicians that I went to, the Mayo Clinic, wasn't my gastroenterologist who did those scans. They all said everything looked fine and told me I just had irritable bowel syndrome. It was when I was sent to that colorectal surgeon where he said, hey, you've probably had this for most of your life. They give a lot of different terms to it, megacolon, floppy colon. Really what they're saying is it's the colon's fault as to why the motility has come to a halt. 
So this was where they said, hey, what we can do is cut out your large intestine. And what this will do is it'll actually shorten that motility, right? So it just has to go from the small intestine. We'll connect the end of the small intestine to the rectum. So if the large intestine is big, is floppy, is twisted in any way, um, we'll be able to bypass that and you'll be able to use the restroom easier. So kind of makes sense, I guess. But I felt like for me, this isn't something I had dealt with for my entire life. I didn't believe it was something that um, I was born with. I then just somehow started to come about as I got into fitness and bodybuilding and all of that. So I'm sitting there in the doctor's office with my boyfriend at the time, my mom, and I was highly considering getting that surgery. I mean, if anyone who's listening has ever been at like their rock bottom in massive pain and just feeling desperate for relief or results, that's really where I was at at that point in my life. I was getting to the point where I'm like, okay, let's just schedule this surgery. Let's just get on with it. Because at this point, it had now been well over a year of going to all of these different doctors, put on medications, and still really not getting any relief, maybe managing some of the symptoms, but continuing to get worse and worse and worse. So for me, this was like, okay, this is a quick fix. This is an answer. It's going to get rid of all of my issues. So why not just do it? I feel like right when I was ready to make that decision, everything came up in my body and my gut, my heart, my soul that just said, no, this is not the solution. There is another way. And that's when I really became obsessed and learning everything that I could about the gut, the microbiome. And up until this point, no one really was talking about bacteria in our gut besides just, hey, take a probiotic. I actually was told to take the basic aligned probiotic like they sell at most pharmacies. Like you just need to get on a probiotic, here's some laxatives. This is when I really dove into the research. Ashley, I would literally spend probably like five hours at the end of every single day, just learning everything that I could. And I came up with this theory of like, I think I have massive bacteria overgrowth in my gut. I started to do various elimination diets. And I realized at the time my diet was full of all of these foods that were feeding bad bacteria in my gut. So I had a diet that was full of artificial sweeteners because it was in all of my pre-workouts, my post-workouts. I was eating, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Walden Farms, but it is the most disgusting thing that I think that is on the market. Maybe not the most disgusting, but it is literally just chemicals that you're putting into your your body, emulsifiers, gums. There's nothing in that that is actually food. But my brain at the time when I was competing was like, hey... I'm able to eat things that will satisfy my body from like a flavor standpoint. So I had all of these processed foods that were a big, big part of my diet. So I had some of these dietary stressors there. I also then started to really back off on a lot of the physical stress, right? So I had to pull back a little bit in the intensity of the training that I was doing. I had to pull back in having my body constantly in that calorie restriction. And I then started to work with a different gastroenterologist where we did some various protocols that would help eliminate some of that bacteria that had overgrown in my gut. 
I would say over the course of a year, and I can kind of dive into a little bit more of all of the different things that I did, but it took about a year for me to fully, fully heal my gut. What I started to notice was, okay, I could go a few days without being massively bloated and in pain after every time I ate to maybe a few weeks to eventually a few months to eventually I got to a point where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember the last time it was that I was bloated and I had pain after I was eating. So for me, my healing journey, it wasn't like I reached this end point where I was like, I'm good. Everything's fixed. It was like, okay, I got a little bit better. And then I had a little bit of a relapse and I got a little bit better and I had a little bit of a relapse. But it really took addressing all of these different areas, addressing my stress, the physical stress, my dietary stress, the bacteria that had overgrown in my gut, and then adding in things that would help my gut truly, truly heal in order to get the full healing that my body really, really needed. Wow. What a story. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's so many things there that if we had five hours, we could really unpack every single one of them. There's a few things that I do want to talk about, though. One thing that you mentioned about people ask me this all the time, like they think you're just going to find the you know magic bullet, whatever that is, and looks like for you, and then you heal and then you're done and you're good forever. And my experience, well, it should be noted that my experience is almost 100% in alignment with yours from start to finish. That was my experience too. Like you would feel a lot better. You could go a few days and then you'd not feel good again. And then you, maybe the next time you'd go like a week. And so after going through this whole experience, I created this circle of healing just to show people like, this is exactly what you just described. I drew out visually because that's kind of how it goes. And it's almost like you just have to celebrate those little wins, you know, celebrate that. Wow. I got two days where I felt great. So here's kind of what I want to if you just want to unpack it just a little bit, there would be so many pieces to what you know you exactly did. And also it's not relevant for everybody because everybody is so different. But one thing I focus on a lot in this community are my three pillars to ultimate gut healing. The first is diagnosis. The second is diet. And the third is lifestyle. And we're going to be talking about some of these, but I would love it if you could even just call out a couple things on your own healing journey during that year of true healing and what you learned and researched that might fit into each of those buckets. Like, I don't know if you ever got a specific diagnosis for a bacterial overgrowth, but just that, and then any specific diet things you did or didn't do in addition to obviously cutting nasty things like the Walden Farms. I used to have a honey vinaigrette dressing or something from them. It's so disgusting. (laughs) And then just a couple of the lifestyle pieces too. So as I mentioned, my diet was just full of all of these quote-unquote diet foods. And I think it's unfortunate, right, with our our food system because we just say, hey, eat less, work out more. And that's a lot of what the fitness industry really, really preaches. And I think there's nothing wrong with, hey, let's pay attention to how much protein we're getting. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for strength training and all of that. But I think right now there's this massive gap that's happening between the fitness industry and more of the wellness community, gut health, hormones. And we really do need both sides of it. And some people tend to pick one or the other. So for me, my diet was, hey, am I just getting enough protein? I didn't care what the source came from. 
It could be, you know, processed protein powders, like whey proteins full of things like sucralose, emulsifiers, gums, all of those are really, really big disruptors. Now, I didn't know that at the time, right? I was craving all of these different sweet things because I was in such a a low calorie diet. I also wasn't eating a whole lot of fats in my diet. So when our diet is high in more carbohydrates and protein with minimal fats, it can cause a lot of these blood sugar imbalances. So I would crave all of these sugars on top of the fact that I just was depleted in general. And my way to satisfy that was through artificial sweeteners, sucralose, chewing gum, the Walden Farms. So looking back, I can look at my diet and see like I was putting it in my coffee. I had it in my pre-workout. I had it in my post-workout. You know, I was having it in the little like protein treats that I was having before bed. So it was constantly throughout all of the foods that I was eating. So a big part of healing with my diet was cutting out anything that was processed. Now, I don't think when we get into a stage of gut health that we can't ever, ever, ever have any of those. But for me, I do think it did play a big role in some of the bacteria overgrowth that I had. And I know one of your questions was, did I actually get a diagnosis of bacteria overgrowth. And yes, I eventually did some gut microbiome testing and even did a breath test. And that did conclude that I had some SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth that was happening, which was where I ended up getting on some different types of antibiotics, but I ended up doing more of a antimicrobial protocol, which is really what helped the most for me. But it did take first and foremost eliminating the things in my life that were causing my gut to be off in the first place. So identifying what all of those root causes were. So the diet part, it was the processed foods, the artificial sweeteners, emulsifiers. There's a lot of research about how emulsifiers gums can actually lead to bacteria overgrowth. I remember reading some studies when I found out that I had SIBO, where it talked a lot about xanthan gum and guar gum and how they actually would give people five grams of xanthan gum to just stir up the bacteria in their gut to make them live and flourishing. So when they would then treat them with an antibiotic like zafaxin, then they could kill it easier. And I remember like reading that case study and being like, well, this is in all of the products that I'm eating. And even some of the recipes I was using was like add xanthan gum to make it like thick. So you can have kind of like your protein ice cream. So I cut out all of the processed foods. Honestly, I even cut out things like stevia and monk fruit because I just was so determined on my healing, just focused it on eating a whole foods-based diet. So nothing that came in a bag or a box, but my protein, I started to pay more attention to high quality animal protein. So was it grass-fed and finished? Was I getting wild-caught fish? Was I getting pasture-raised chicken instead of some of the more processed-type protein options, things that were more grain-fed that can be a bit more inflammatory to the diet? I also ended up increasing my fat intake exponentially. So I started to eat a lot more things like grass-fed butter, avocados, olives, olive oil, a lot of these fats that would allow my body to feel very full and satiated but also support my hormones too. So remember my hormones had completely plummeted along with my thyroid. So a lot of these good fats were supporting my blood sugar balance, 
were controlling my appetite. A lot of the cravings that I was experiencing for so many of those artificial sweeteners. And then I ended up also pulling out some vegetables that were feeding some of the bacteria overgrowth in my gut. So I know Sarah, you're very familiar with the FODMAP diet. I ended up getting on a low FODMAP diet and pulling out a lot of those vegetables like broccoli, asparagus, cauliflower, the things that aren't necessarily bad. I would never say they're bad at all, but can be more of a trigger when you are someone who has bacteria overgrowth. So I was able to remove a lot of those triggers for me. That helped a lot. Honestly, that was probably one of the first things that I did for myself. And I got a little bit better, right? By going on a low FODMAT diet, by removing some of those artificial sweeteners. But I still had other things that were playing a massive, massive role. And that's what really gets us into the lifestyle component of it, like what you mentioned. For me, I really had to pay attention again to those fruits in my life from the training side of everything, from also just like the emotional stress that I was under. It wasn't just like the physical stress or even the diet component. I had all of this trauma that I had no idea was manifesting in this perfectionism, this do more, be more type mentality So this is when I actually started to work with a therapist, work with a counselor, and really start to understand where a lot of these thoughts were coming from. And one of the most powerful things on my journey was realizing that just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. So this actually allowed me to start to question these thoughts. I had something pop in my head that was negative about my body, you know, not good enough. And I could really start to pay attention to, okay, well, what is this story and where is this truly coming from? This is the work that honestly never ends, to be completely honest. Like I'm still doing this part of the work, but it did play a huge, huge role in my full healing, really understanding how my thoughts were dictating my feelings and therefore my habits. And how that was leading to, you know, this overdoing that I was doing with my workouts, with my diet, with my nutrition, and just this burden of this emotional stress and anxiety that I would feel on a day-to-day basis. You know, once I was able to remove a good portion of what those root causes were for me, reduce some of that physical output with my training, I still would train. I just didn't do it at the normal intensity that I was when I was competing in bodybuilding. When I started to really take ownership in my thoughts and the way I wanted to feel every single day, which is by no means an easy thing to do. That is a lifelong thing that we will continue to do. But then also remove some of those big food triggers from my diet, artificial sweeteners, fillers, gums, any kind of processed foods, and even fermentable carbohydrates for a while. I then started to feel a lot better, but I don't think for some people who are dealing with bacteria overgrowth that just pulling up the root cause is enough. For some people, it may be, like you've said before, everybody is so different. Some people maybe just have a little bit of dysbiosis or some bacteria imbalances in their gut just by removing those triggers and giving our body what it needs to heal. Our gut and our body is amazing and it will start to rebalance itself back out. I did, however, do some different protocols to eradicate some of that bacteria. I did different antibiotics. That didn't work. 
And then I eventually did some different antimicrobials there too. And I think both of those combined with removing those various root causes from my diet, the lifestyle component, focusing on my mental health in conjunction with some of the therapies to eradicate some of that bacteria is really where I started to make a lot of the progress with my overall healing. Everything about what we talk about and our experiences from misery to fully healed are so in sync that I'm I'm like, I wonder if she's read my story. I wonder if, I mean, because I love how you talked about the SIBO diagnosis. You talked about the diet, all of the things that I'm completely in alignment with. I love that you emphasize so much on cutting processed foods, the emulsifiers. And by the way, I think there's also the... Dr. Narala Jacoby says they use PHGG, the partially hydrolyzed guar gum. So it's similar to the xanthan gum only. Anyways, it has a similar effect. I was thinking about that when you're talking. I will link to that episode in these show notes too. But you talk about some of these very practical things versus the idea that you immediately went gluten-free and dairy-free and sugar-free and corn-free and soy-free and you just really adopted the things that your body needed, which was high quality animal proteins, more or a higher fat intake, and then just less of the fake junk. And I appreciate that because I think that it's not the easy route by any means, but it is the simplest. It's not really that complex. It's just not easy for people to do. But more important than the diagnosis and the diet is what you said in the lifestyle. And you said, this is the work that never ends. And it is so true. I always say that my three pillars don't necessarily go in order, but they kind of do because lifestyle is very intentionally put as the third pillar because you will do it for the rest of your life. There are so many pieces and components that make up that pillar For me, I had a very, very similar thing that happened. I kept relapsing from SIBO five times. And it was not until I finally gave in to the lifestyle pillar, found a therapist, stopped all of the crazy workouts, changed up different things that I was just how I was living my general life that I could heal for good. And I did. And I finally did. And I'm so passionate about today. It's And I don't know if you find this too, like when you're working with your clients or telling people your story, it's almost like people look at you like, okay, just tell me what the diet and the supplement are, because that's not really going to, you know, take me from here to healed. You know what I mean? Because it sounds so woo woo, but it's not. Yeah. And one of the things that I've even heard you say before that I love is the whole person must heal for the gut to function optimally. And even looking back at my own healing journey, Like I wanted that quick fix. I think we all do, right? We all just want to like find that magic probiotic, like, hey, just take this align and it's going to fix it all for you. Or even on the massively extreme side of it for me, just cut out your large intestine and this is going to fix it all. And honestly, I think that was like God just telling me like, this is not the route to go because even like, let's just say I did that. Oh my goodness. And nothing else changed. Like I would be in a terrible, terrible place, you know, mentally, physically. So I am, I'm so grateful for everything that I went through because I wouldn't be able to do the work that I am now able to do ultimately. But I think it is common, you know, where people reach out and like, Hey, what's the best probiotic to take? What's this one supplement that will help me heal my gut? 
And all of those things are great, right? We, we want to take a probiotic. For me, I didn't use a probiotic until later on in my healing. It actually made it worse for me at the beginning stages because I was dealing with a bacteria issue. And for me, I was actually adding more fuel to the fire. But for some people, it can be great. So it is such an individualized approach ultimately for each person. And the big, big piece of it too, I think, is once we've been able to identify what most of the root causes are, I don't think you have to know every little piece because sometimes it's like an onion and we're just peeling back that onion and we find out one piece of information and we get another piece of information. But I think we need to have a relatively decent idea of what some of those root causes are because if we have no idea, it's going to be really, really hard to heal. And then once we know what those are and we know what is off in the body. So for me, it was the SIBO, the bacteria overgrowth. I didn't know it at the time, but I probably did have a degree of like intestinal permeability just from the physical stress that I was experiencing, you know, the dietary stress and everything because my cortisol levels, Sarah, if you were to see my labs, like those were so high too. I think I had like my physician... I ended up going to see who was more on the functional side later on was like, girl, you have the highest cortisol level that I've seen out of anybody you win. And I was like, yay, no. (laughs) So my body was in this like really catabolic state, right? Just like such a low percent body fat, which that cortisol breaks down our gut lining. And that also too sets the tone for the development of bacteria overgrowth, slows down that motility in the gut. So hindsight, you know, 2020 looking back, I'm like, oh my God, it makes so much sense why I developed SIBO, why I developed slow motility in my gut and all of these issues, the stress component with the breakdown of the gut lining, the food triggers that I had there, the emotional piece. And it just created this perfect storm for this bacteria to overgrow. And then we get people who are like, what's just this one supplement or pill to fix it all for me? And it's like, well, it wasn't one thing that caused your gut to be off. It's, it's usually never one thing for most people. Maybe not everybody, but for most people, it's normally a combination of a lot of these things. They're like, I have an emotional piece of it. I have these things in my diet, you know, and this perfect storm happens, or maybe they even eat something that was bad. I know foodborne illnesses can definitely sometimes be a trigger for people for the development of SIBO. So for some people, it's just this perfect storm. So we really do have to start to peel back that onion and address the weeds that are growing in our garden because that is that bacteria overgrowth. That is the burnout. You know, That is the exhaustion that we're feeling. Those are those rotten fruits, or we could say weeds growing in our garden. But it is very often still not enough to just address the weeds in the garden because you can spray weed killer in your garden. You can take the antibiotics. You can do all of that. But if you don't actually address the soil, which is what caused the weeds to grow in the first place, and also make sure that soil is good and healthy, we're not going to have a healthy garden. So I think that's really what full healing looks like what caused the weeds to grow in the garden. We need to get those weeds out of the garden, but then we really have to address that soil. And I think that's where we move from gut healing to more on the gut health side of everything. Yes. What a great analogy. You know that I have a whole post and I talk a lot about gut health versus gut healing. Yes. Yes. Because I think that we have just become so confused. Mainstream media has confused people when they are always talking about gut health. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry, ma'am, but you're not there. Like it is very different as someone who is just trying to maintain their soil, build it, make it even better. Like right now I'm in the phase where I'm trying to build the most robust microbiome, but the things that I'm doing now definitely are not the things I was doing when I desperately needed to heal. And so I think it's really important, this distinction between gut health and gut healing. I want to move into a little bit of your practice now and what you do today and how you help people. So as you continued on healing, you mentioned that you became a nutritionist, you help others heal. So if you could just break down, what do you find are the most effective healing methods for people if they come in and they maybe have been told, oh, you have IBS, because that's pretty much everyone and their moms, brothers, cousins, aunts, fifth sister. And then also, what do you think are the things that are missing with approaches to gut health or gut healing, I guess I should say? Our approach is really a full person approach. So taking that holistic approach, mind and body. And a lot of people are really surprised when they do start to work with us. And we're asking them a lot of questions about what was happening in the time of your life when you started to develop these gut issues? Did you have any major life events? Did you go through a divorce? Did you lose a job? What was really happening in this time of your life? So part of the beginning is gathering as much data as possible between what their diet looked like or currently looks like, what their daily routine looks like, what actually makes them feel good and feel excited. I get so many women who are just burnt out, are exhausted. I was one of them. And I think part of that healing is also experiencing more joy, more excitement in our life. And right now we have a culture of just, you know, do more, be more, and it's toxic to a certain point. So we really try to get to know the diet, the lifestyle component, what was happening during that period of this person's life when they started to develop a lot of these health issues, whether it was gut issues, autoimmune condition, or any other type of chronic health issues that they're experiencing, just general fatigue. We then do some extensive functional medicine testing. So I'm a big advocate for gut microbiome testing. As a registered dietitian, we don't do the breath tests. We are unable to, although I do think breath tests can be great. But I think we need to start with looking at what is off then next. So we can try to determine the why, but also look at the what. What is off in the body? And through doing stool testing, this is where we can determine, do we have a good amount of bacteria overgrowth? I use a company called Vibrant, and they do a SIBO panel, which can look at different strains of bacteria that are more fermentable type of bacteria, more methane producing, more hydrogen producing. It's still not clinically diagnostic for SIBO. Typically you want to do a breath test for that, but it gives us at least a really good picture of what is happening in the gut. And then if we look at their symptoms, usually you can make a really good general assessment of what is happening there. We look at if there's any intestinal permeability, any deficiencies and things like stomach acid, low pancreatic enzyme productions, and if there's any immune issues in the gut. So the gut test is my baby. I love it. It's actually the gut microbiome test that I did on myself when I was trying to heal my gut. But we also need to look at other systems in the body too, because when our gut is off, it tends to influence things like our hormones, our thyroid, our body's adrenals. 
So we'll run some other testing to look at these different areas, the neuroendocrine system, hormones, thyroid, adrenals. We'll look at their micronutrient status for deficiencies and things that really are key for healing and supporting our gut, supporting our hormones. We look at if there's deficiencies in B vitamins, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, or if there's an excess in omega-6 fatty acids like arcadonic acid that are going to be more inflammatory. And then we will do some food sensitivity testing. And I know you've heard me talk about it before, but food sensitivities aren't a root cause, but they do still give us a picture of probably how off the gut is. So when I get somebody who comes back with a laundry list of food sensitivities, like 30 plus foods, it's not the food that's really the issue there. Like they are sensitive to it, but it's typically a byproduct of low digestive enzymes and bacteria overgrowth or intestinal permeability. So it just tells me a little bit more information about how compromised the gut really is, depending on how many food sensitivities come back on their tests. And then the last testing we'll do is some toxin testing. That's one root cause we really didn't get to dive into. That could be a whole podcast in of itself. Toxic heavy metals, mold, things like that can be more of an environmental stressor that can also be part of the root cause as to why the gut got off. So we do a lot of this extensive testing. We do an in-depth analysis of their history, their diet, their lifestyle, what was going on in their time of their life. And it's really co-collaborating together and putting the puzzle pieces together of, okay, this is what's off. This is what your diet looks like. This is your lifestyle. This is what was happening during this time of your life. And really creating the story of like, this is what we believe together is what caused the gut to be off. And this is what is currently off. And from there, our job as coaches is to create a game plan together to then address the things that are off and eliminate some of those root causes as much as possible. So it is coaching. It is not us just saying, here, follow this diet. Here, take this supplement. Here is testing. And I think one thing that's missing to answer your second question in like the world of functional medicine and even like the wellness community is people will do some of this extensive testing now. I love that. They'll do the gut microbiome testing. They'll do the hormones. They'll do the Dutch testing. Great information but then they'll just get on a laundry list of supplements and they'll do like, I've had so many clients that came to me with like 30 plus supplements and and don't get me wrong. I took a lot more supplements probably during my healing phase as well too, where I had a very specific goal. But if we're only relying on the supplements to do the work for us, we are not going to get there. The supplements are a piece of the overall equation But just as you've stated so many, many times in in your work, the whole person has to heal for the gut to function optimally. So it is utilizing the supplements. It is, yes, doing some more extensive testing, but is addressing all of these different pieces. And I'd say that's the biggest thing that is missing is here's what's off. Here's a laundry list of supplements. And I don't have to do the work. I don't need to address the toxic thoughts. I don't need to address my lifestyle or even probably even on the worst side, I don't need to change my diet even as well too. So we have to address all of these things and we need to become our own advocate for our healing. Because I also know from the client side, the patient side of it all, it's easy to sometimes expect, you know, here, just hand me over the perfect template 
and this is going to fix everything for me. So that's what I mean by it's very co-collaborative. We have to be our own advocate in our own healing, do our own work on ourselves, try to unravel some of the things that are coming up throughout the day emotionally, how that's playing a role in our thoughts and our habits. And then work on these other things, the diet, take the supplements and make tweaks and adjustments along the way too. Yeah. And the way that I say that is too many supplements, not enough action. And when I started, because you know, I did it too. It was like definitely a part-time job. All the supplements that I had to take, I thought I had to take, I would just keep adding and adding and adding. And eventually you get to a place where one, it's very time consuming. Two, it's super costly. But the most important thing is three, you do not know what is actually working because you're doing so many things that if something is working, you don't know what what is the thing because it's definitely not 15 different supplements that are all working. It's also why I created my course, Gut Healing for Beginners, because people have to, at the end of the day, have got to take some sort of action versus just piling up the supplements and removing more foods. Like You have to do those lifestyle pillar type works. So thank you so much. That was super helpful, all of the things that you do in your practice. You also wrapped in another question I was going to ask about the some of the testing that people can consider, and you went over a whole bunch of them. I will outline all of these in the show notes as well. Can you remind me what the microbiome testing is that you use? Yes, I use Vibrant America, also called Vibrant Wellness, and I use their gut zoomer for the microbiome testing. Well, I've never heard of that one, but I will look it up. Okay, so we need to get wrapping this up. I can't believe how fast this show has gone by today, but I want to still ask just a couple more quick questions. The whole idea and the whole kind of theme of this show really was just healing versus just dealing. We don't just want to go about our days feeling, uh, you know, <laughs> less than or just okay, or we can make it through. We really want to thrive and feel great because that's how we were designed to live our lives, not just in our guts, obviously, but also in every piece and place in our lives. We're supposed to thrive. So I would love to know what you think and what is your best piece of advice for healing versus just dealing? I'd say, one, remember that the goal is we want to be thriving and not just surviving. I love these little acronyms. So how, do, how can we heal instead of just deal? And the biggest piece is being our own advocate, in all honesty. like Nobody is going to do the work for us. It's not going to be just a supplement. It's not going to be just this one extensive testing. It is going to be the combination of everything. The biggest piece of advice that I can give anybody is to fall in love with the process of healing in all honesty. Like really view it as you every step of the way becoming a better version of yourself because this isn't going to apply only right to healing your gut. Why are we trying to heal our gut in the first place? Because we want to wake up every single day excited about life, full of energy we want to experience more joy. We want to be more confident in ourselves when we look in the mirror. We want to have the life that we want for ourselves. And that is why we're really on this journey of healing to begin with. And the gut issues are just really a manifestation 
of a lot of things that are off. But I'd say the biggest piece of advice for how we can heal instead of just deal is fall in love with the process of being the best version of yourself, not the most perfect version of yourself, but the best version of yourself. And really viewing this as such a beautiful journey that is going to continue to unravel more and more over time. As I've mentioned on my own journey, you know, I may have addressed a good portion of all out of my gut issues. I'm at a point where I won't say I don't ever experience gut issues because I'm still human and I can have days where I'm stressed out. I can have times where I'm like, oops, I probably shouldn't even eat that. That wasn't super good for my gut. And now it doesn't feel super great. Like we're all going to experience that. But I think really, if we can have more grace with ourselves and really just fall in love with the journey, it makes healing that much more enjoyable. Yes, fall in love with the process. I cannot emphasize and echo that enough because the thing is, because you are an individual, your process should be 100% custom to you. And if it is, and it is in 100% alignment and for your own good, the process is going to also feel good and you're going to want to continue on with the process. It will feel less like a chore and more like something you're doing because it was made and designed for you. So love that. Hey, Rachel, tell us how we can find you and connect online. Where? How do people work with you? Do you have an in-person practice? Is it just virtual? Share with us the goods. Yes, our practice is fully virtual. You can learn more about it at rachelshear.com. And you can follow me on social media at Rachel Shear is my personal Instagram page, but my practice also has its own page. And that is at Rachel Shear Nutrition. Wonderful. At the end of my interviews, I always ask guests for their three convictions around gut health and gut healing. For reference, mine are heal your gut, heal your life. Everything is beautiful in its time and no one will ever advocate for your health in the ways you can show up and glow up for you. What are your convictions around gut health and gut healing? I'd say you can't heal a body you hate. You really have to fall in love with your body and love your body throughout this entire process. The greatest work that you can do is the work that you do on yourself and you can have it all. I believe that you really, really can have it all. It's not that it's going to be easy. It's not that it's going to be fast. There are no quick fixes, but it is so possible to heal, to have a life that is so good If you're willing to be your own advocate, do the work and know that the work is really never ending. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rachel. And to you out there, thank you for joining us. I will see you again next time. Thank you, Sarah.